The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Green. Backseat has two satchels of green. Hey, you got two satchels Who of green. Says I satchels? sure do, dude. This guy over here. But we forgive him because, you know, there's, everybody's got their own thing, you know? I know, dude. It's and not Chuck, a big deal. Who are we going to send to Brazil and uh, in, in Colombia? Alyssa and Lucas, get ready. Uh, I think they're going to know it now. <laughs> Happy days are here. I mean, Alyssa knew. Alyssa knew. We're recording. Uh, we are live? Okay, let me shut the door. We're down. live. Fucking crazy. Explosions. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. Bummer. Dead. He should not have done that to himself. That's very sad. So sad. I, I don't, don't even know, the, know de- the story. I don't know the details, but he did commit suicide. That's so, all I know. So shout out to anybody who has depression. Do not get to that point. Reach out to all of the helplines or any human being. Any. And be open and honest. AKA, I feel terrible. I think about these things. Don't just be like, yeah, I'm kind of sad. Because a lot of people are sad. You need to be a little more specific. And if you suspect, you know, oh, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. But if you suspect someone that you know has this, there's probably places you can go and things you can do. I guess what I'm saying is like if you're depressed, like because it's a disease, not everybody that has depression knows that there's, you know, they might right. not even know to seek out help. They might not know they're officially depressed either. Right. Right. They might like, I just feel weird. Right. So it's like, hey, man. We're Let's big advocates of mental this. health on this podcast. We're, this is the number one mental health podcast in the United States, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Check it's, the ratings. I dare you. Check. And while you're there, leave a review. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> but see, the, see but in a more serious you. note, that is a bummer. I do, and I know a number of people have followed Anthony Bourdain, loved his writing, loved his shows. It is, it's a weird one for me, for sure. I'm, it's, it's one of those ones that's bummed me out on like a little bit of a different level. I'm usually not so much of like a... I'm so sad a, a celebrity's gone, but I feel like he did a, such a good job of like letting you get to know who he was that you kind of feel you feel like you know him on a different level than say somebody like Michael Jackson, who like everybody talked about, but he didn't share a lot of his personal life consistently and like his philosophies and theories and things like that. But it was a big deal. I don't know. It's just different for me. He's like a a storyteller for an entire culture. Yeah, and for to, his whole life to where it's like there's. There's some people who Chuck get off the carpet, bro. Can't Chuck find my keys. Chuck comes in and he's walking on my carpet and my wife's going to divorce me because of it. <laughs> 
You hear that, America? You hear that, world? Charles, those are my keys, Jenny. Don't touch my keys. So they're looking for Charles' keys to his car. Because here's the thing. When we got our new roaster, which you guys have heard our uh, roaster, roasterie, roasteria, we have decided to transfer our goods (laughs) over there. And in that case comes the sample roaster, which is in the back of my car. So he's got my keys. Are your keys in the trunk? Have you checked your own personal car for your keys, Charles? Have you checked your personal pockets? So we brought my sample roaster from my garage, and now Charles is trying to take it to the new roastery along with the green samples of coffee. But with Anthony Bourdain, it's like, I I feel like it's just, storytelling is so important, and he's like this storyteller. He locks you in, and like, whether or not he's the best chef or doesn't matter. No. It's not even a thing because, you know, he's a person that like, the whole culture kind of resonates with. Like yep. from what was the first book? Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, or way whatever, back in the day. Yeah. To his shows and like yeah, like through this process, you're like, yeah, I know that dude. His shows have been on for a really long time. Really and long they're still time. going. It's like yeah. So that one that was a bummer. And those are those are some really interesting shows because he, he was really good at connecting with human beings too. Like he would just I know that I've read it a bunch of times over and over again, but he really would just sit down and have a legitimate conversation over a meal with somebody he didn't know and they'd video it. And by the end of that conversation, you'd be like, okay, I know both sides of that table pretty well. Right. And it was cool to watch. Yeah. It's, he's super charming, you know? Yeah. It was like, you kind of guy, you seem like you would want to be around. Definitely rock star-ish for sure. In that, like, he was like, he had a lot of grit to him, but then he also had substance. So that was gnarly and sad. Shout out. Yep. So there's an RIP shout out. Super bummer. In other tragic news, yeah. volcanoes all over the place, but most li- mostly the ones that are affecting uh, the things that affect our lives are Antigua. Antigua. Fuego. It's close to us, yeah. Which is a continuously active volcano. So when we were there, which our first origin trip as a company mm-hmm. and like a group together was to Antigua. Game changer. Game changer. It was before we were even open. We were just buying like little bits of coffee. Selected some of that hot bean. Hot bean. And the last day we were there, we were up on that roof and you could see mm-hmm. Fuego is just smoking the whole time. And you could hear it every so often too, remember? It yeah. was like, boom. And I'm fucking terrified of that yeah. shit. So I'm just like, do we need to leave like, <laughs> the country? <laughs> and I'm just playing it cool up there. No, <laughs> we're good. It's chill. It's probably get, fine. Just get me my freaking shrimp Diablo. So it erupted. Yeah, but it erupted for real and in and for an extended period of time, and people are losing their lives and houses, and uh, some of the coffee farmers were affected. So uh, you've seen some other companies donating. What we're going to do is we're going to take 15% of all whole bean sold between now and next week, Friday. That date is what? The 15th? I'm a liar. Totally. I don't know. It I'm is the 15th. Correct. The 15th. Friday the 15th. So between now and then, we will donate 15% of all whole beans sold to Habitat for Humanity in Antigua because we believe, not we believe, they're going to help with rebuilding houses and some of the more practical things. A lot of the other people in our industry are donating specifically to Bella Vista and to specific coffee farmers, and that is really awesome. But we feel like we can have a little bit of an impact for more practical things, which is, you know, housing and clothing and all the things that people are going to need that are just going to keep them going in this time. So, yep. so if you buy coffee online or on the, on the, in the not store online, yeah. What's not online anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the virtual world and the real world, real virtual world, real virtual world, 
goes to the squad. Yeah. And uh, it's extra near and dear. You'll see throughout this week probably just little snippets from all the people we've sent to Origin there. So besides Charles, Chris, and myself, I believe we've had five to six other team members on staff go. Everardo, Sam, Kristen, Kristen, Stephanie, Stephanie. Uh, uh, Roaster Kristen. Roaster Kristen. And That's two different Kristens. Adriana. Yeah. That's six, I right? I lost count already. That's six. Six. It's a great number. Is, that, is there more than that? Anyway, I mean, I mean that's, that's great. So six six team members plus six the owners, plus nine, three, nine, nine human beings here have had experiences with the team at Bella Vista Coffee Shop and the mill, Luis Pedro and Melanie and that whole team. So prayers, thoughts, and hopefully cash money coming to you guys to hopefully actually, y'all, money. to help out with what's going on over there. Uh, I know the farm, one of the major affected farms was Candelaria, which you've seen that coffee in a number of different companies. So that one was majorly affected. And uh, yeah, the tragedy continues to unfold. So we'll see what happens. But we're happy to help as best we can from afar. And we are very appreciative of all the farmers who have brought us coffee to be able to serve to our local communities and wholesale partners. Yeah. And like you said, everybody's fucking chipping in. So it's cool to see people like Stumptown donated all of their like total company profits for like the whole day, yeah. all cafes across the, across the U. Do they have cafes in other countries? Are they in Japan yet? Who knows? I mean, who, who isn't over there yet? Who's not over there? there going, we're not, but a lot of other people are. <laughs> it's, it's going down. Everybody's going to- down in Tokyo Japan. Out. I just got my email update from Onyx. They're donating some stuff. It's, it's, it's a chip in. Which Onyx? Oh, shit. You know, I didn't even check. I assumed it was Onyx Coffee Roasters. Not Onyx Coffee Importers. Oh, no. Never mind. It's Onyx Green Coffee. <laughs> which is still awesome. It's, it's still just, just you never know which Onyx. is which. Yeah. How the fuck are there two Onyx? I, like, what the hell is going on here? It it's always like, kind of frustrates me. It's too. amazing. Okay, here's one thing that I'm really proud of, and maybe there's something going on that I don't know about. It seems like no one's tried to sue each other yet. Yeah. Which good for you. And and don't start. Don't start. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't start. Don't it's start like, believing in this case. No journey. You're coexisting in this beautiful world. <laughs> don't fucking try to take each other's money because what the fuck is up with that? Different things. Shame on you. Different things. Deal with it. I've, I've known some people that have to deal with some of those things, and I do not just not leave a good taste in my mouth. I'll never I'll never forget that uh, it's it, when we were in Antigua, we decided to take one day and go see the lake. <laughs> Lake and, Atitlan. Yeah, and tr- <laughs> we didn't actually ask how to get there because we're idiots, and I guess we we're totally like that classic male, like we'll figure it out on our iPhones. But fun fact, if you Google map how to get there, it's going to send you in the most direct route, which is the worst possible route. It's pretty sketch. So I'll never forget, we went on a road. We all of a sudden were in a place when then we're in between these major hills and valleys on these roads that are falling apart completely nobody around no self-service the only way that we made it is because we had to ask we asked for directions like three separate times oh my god there was one when we were in passing through whatever that town was and we're like how do we get to penichelle and they're like that way we're like cool <laughs> and then we got to that other fork where there's just a bunch of people working on the side of the road right we're like how do we get and they just pointed us again 
and then, then the that bridge was out. Thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's a closure. And then all those dudes who are working coming in the back of that huge, like, almost military truck rolled up and were like, across the river. And then we forded it in our Yaris. It was pretty sick, though, because it reminded me of back in the day when you had to go somewhere. Yeah, like real life. And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go. I yeah. don't have a fucking iPhone. There's nothing there. My paper map's not showing this right Yeah, and maybe you drive two hours in the wrong direction before you figure it out. Which we didn't. It just took that... It was like what, three and a half, four hours to get there? And then on the way home, it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like, the and difference was Well, huge. the funniest thing was there's just, like, this level of uncertainty is because until we got there, we really didn't know if we were going in the right direction. Yeah. We, we knew were. we were going in the right, like, general direction. Because the blue dot was still showing up on Charles's phone. But we don't really know where we're going to end up. <laughs> we're in a whole new country. <laughs> we're, like, we're just so lucky we didn't break down in that valley. We would have stayed around. the night for sure. Would have been cold. Hard and murdered <laughs> is what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been terrifying. Hopefully not. We would have been helped, actually. Mm-hmm. People in Guatemala are actually nice. It's not America. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mean people in Guatemala. They're all friendly. <laughs> they were all nice. Did you watch James Hoffman's video? when the, About the people who ripped off his stuff? The one before that. No. Oh, so funny. What was it about? James made a video about copying products. Oh, wait, that's the one I was talking about. No. Oh. There's two different ones. Got it. This is the craziest thing. So he put up a video. This is before the one about his dice. And what had happened was a company reached out to him to do some reviews on some products. And they're like, here, let us just send you some stuff. You can tell us what you think about them. And then maybe we'll go and, you know, we can do some reviews. And he's like, sure, send me what you got. So they sent him a bunch of stuff. And he had a few things that were normal. And then he pulled out this kettle, which was just like a direct, exact replica 99.9% 99.9% of a Hario kettle. Like the Buono one? Yeah, it's like that kettle. And he just used it as a little jump off to talk about how people tend to copy other people a ton, specifically in specialty coffee, and how it kind of sucks because you're taking someone else's intellectual property, claiming it as your own, and then undercutting them with manufacturing. Right. And it, this whole conversation in the comments section erupted about, you know, charging people what things are worth and like all this stuff. And it almost made him out to be like, I'm anti getting, I'm anti Chinese manufacturing, which was not totally the case. Really what he was saying, he's like, don't steal people's shit. And like, if you steal people's shit, like, I don't really want to mess with you. Like pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then the dice video was the next day. He found out that someone had directly copied his AeroPress dice. And then he made a video. That's amazing. About that, which, and he was just like, I had no idea that this was going on. The other video wasn't a setup. I literally just found out about this. It's so hilarious. (laughs) But there were flattery. Flattery. Yeah, that's what people said. And he took it like a champ because he's like, yeah, I'm not selling the dice anymore, so I don't have anything to lose. But, like, this is not okay. And it's just, like, verbatim a copy, which I agree with. I fully agree with that. Fully agree with. Like, come up, like, at least give it a twist. At least give it a twist. Like, a legit twist. A legit twist. And there are some things that are, you know, he brought up, like, Reg Barber. Everybody copies his tamper design, like... right. And, you know, there's only so many things you can do to a tamper. It's a tamper. 
Um, it's a base with a handle. It's a base with a handle. Or sometimes not now. And but that's at least their twist. At least reshape the handle. You know what right. I mean? So it was funny to see what people's mindset was, though, in the comments around, like, well, the OCD came up. Like, OCD comes up. Ona sells it for, you know, 150 bucks right. or whatever. Why would I pay this money if I can get the same thing from China for 15 bucks? Someone makes it for 15 bucks. So, like, people who want to charge ridiculous amounts of money can basically go fuck themselves because that's stupid. And it got me thinking about what are people's motivations when they buy something? And some things are actually so much more than just a tool. Right. Specifically with with baristas, and I guess my example of this is actually tampers because I like really nice, fancy tampers, and I have a lot of them, and I will spend a ton of money on them, not because they necessarily do the job that I need to do better, but because they feel better. They're made with better materials, which helps them feel better. I can trace where they're made, but most importantly, they have some sort of like... Um, there's a, a value that you have right. to owning something nice. Like a sent yeah, yeah. There's like sentimental totally. There's a connection. There's a connection. A real connection. Right. There's a there's a connection with that product that like just takes it to the next level. And I think that's not to not to say that you have to spend a lot of money on stuff, but for me as a barista, when I was doing barista work on the daily, it was also just like the tool that I used the most. And it was something that almost like helped me like really think about my craft in like a bigger way. I to, totally get to that. Where it's like, this is a purpose-built tool that I use for my craft that makes me feel really awesome about it. In the same way that you could have two cars that get you the same place. You know what I mean? But and, you have more fun driving one. But like, if you have pride of ownership in one car, that you, if you're a car guy, then that matters to you. If you're right. not like a tool guy, then that doesn't matter to you. If you're not a barista, it doesn't right. matter to you. I don't know. It's just like... For me, it's comfort in... in how it feels like there's literal feeling so like i still am in love with like that convex feeling not the c flat but that convex curve of the original me Red too Barber. I've, i'm like back on the convex game super hard love just it theorizing i don't even know if i never left it i was just i didn't leave it experimenting with other things but i think convex is actually the i do like the padding the padding's nice padding feels for me it feels really good and that's because i have a little bit more weight behind my tamp than other people so it actually, it helps me. It actually physically makes my tamper it, and my hands feel better. It's, it's more longevity. But yeah, overall, I mean, for me, it's, it's a tamper, right? It's like there is something to the feeling of the rubber resistance and there's something to the feeling of convex bottoms that has made me feel better about my coffee in every, in every case forever since then. The, the funny thing is that I guess what I'm trying to synthesize is that Things are worth more than just their function. There's yeah. value to things beyond just what they do. And so let's take something like, I don't know, you can take the tamper or you can take James's dice that got copied. Now, when you're spending money, regardless of how much you're spending, you're making a vote. Like your, your yep. money is your vote and it's your vote for like the kind of world you want to live in and the kind of people that you want to support. Yep. So if you take your money and spend it on something that's authentic, something that's manufactured in like a proper way, and 
you're, you know, if you bought James Hoffman's dice, you're supporting James Hoffman. Right. Which is awesome because James Hoffman is a great part of our coffee community. Worth supporting. He, he gives a lot of information away for free. He's like right. really open with his thoughts. There's like value in that. Right. If you took that money and spent it on someone else who just copied, you're not supporting that entire infrastructure of specialty coffee. Right. Which totally. is like in the value proposition of an entire business, we roast good coffee. That's great. But I'm not delusional in thinking that people spend money on cat and cloud stuff only because we roast good coffee. In fact, we hope not. We hope not. <laughs> yeah, we don't even want that. No, there's so we'll take it. There's so yeah, we take it, and it's we're not ignoring that quality thing. You have to have some like basic level. Yeah, of we care quality. a lot about. We quality. care a lot about coffee. Yeah, but it means it means a lot to me when people choose to spend their money with us and they connect. Yeah, and and they're supporting more than just this coffee. They're supporting things like this podcast. They're right. supporting our whole belief system and value system or how we treat people and how we want the world to be a better place. And like when you spend money, you're, you're voting for those things. Yeah. When I buy things, you know, poking holes in, in like, I'm not a perfectly ethical person, but in, in this is what I mean by that. Like I'm not always only looking at return on impact for environment in all honesty, although I need to, and it's something that I want to be more conscious of. I'm usually purchasing for some sort of return on what I'm buying. So when I talked about, you know, like a feeling, it's a lot of times for a feeling, an emotional connection or supporting somebody, like you said, those are usually the main reasons. Uh, aesthetic is definitely a part of it for me. And I think those off the top in order go feeling connection to the actual brand and person behind it potentially usability and repetition and, and then everything else kind of comes behind all that. That's just personal, right? Right. But everybody does buy for different reasons, and right? The, totally. And the person, it's almost like the first two things. So feeling yeah. and then the person or brand behind that. Right. They're almost like one and the same. They're synonymous. Because like, or yeah, symbiotic. that like, if I'm buying from you, like you're just a part of that brand, you're contributing directly to that feeling. Right. Obviously, this cracks open, like you said, like, I don't do things that are always perfectly sustainable, ethical, like... And I don't think anybody of, does if they're honest with themselves. No, no, true. And it's cool that you acknowledge that because it's hard. So, because I was thinking of like, okay, how do we make sure that... Because I don't do that either. Right. Like, I'm not winning at this game all in all. But what I do think should be like some base level code of ethics is that if you're involved within a certain industry... You should fully support that specific industry. For example, I'm a skateboarder. I do not buy skateboard shit on Amazon. Right. I do not do that. I buy all of my skate stuff. I used to, like, when Amazon, like, there were some things that I was buying, and then I was like, it just didn't feel right. Right. I buy everything from skate shops. Right. Even if it's shops that aren't here. So, like, I'll buy a, lot, a bunch of stuff from that shop. Humidity in New Orleans, like... I know them. I've been there. Yeah, Their culture is sick as fuck. I'll buy them. And I'm supporting, through that, I'm supporting the skateboard industry and the skate shop industry because skate shops are the carriers of the culture of that industry. Right. And that culture can never be replaced by some online hub like Amazon, even if the shipping is free, even if the product is cheaper. I routinely spend more on skate shoes buying them from Bill's Wheels down the street than I do getting them out of season on Amazon. Right. Because it's that important to me. 
And you'll go to that spot in Seattle. Yep, 35th North, Seattle. Right. Great local skate shop. That's your like, spot. I go there. When I'm in town, I go there. If I need something, I go there. And I'll order stuff online from them, too. Right. And, you know, I do buy other stuff on Amazon. Sure. Things that aren't contributing directly to, like, what I'm, like, I'm about coffee. I'm about skateboarding. Right. You know, those are, like, two big, like, huge parts of my life. So mm-hmm. when I can impact and support those industries, I think it's very important for people to do so. Yeah. Now, like, my kitchen knives, I don't know where the fuck they came from. Right. You know what I'm but saying? that's not a passion of yours. Like, my underwear, whatever. My, yeah. my socks, I'll buy socks from Amazon all day because I'm not passionate about socks. I don't really care. My I life's want, pretty much hand-me-downs when it comes to clothes at this point anyway. I want cheap socks because people... Thanks, are, Pat Barber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your free stuff. No, for real. I have almost all my socks are stance socks now. I've purchased like two pairs of stance socks. That's sick. Thanks, Pat Barber. Hand me down. <laughs> Balling. Yeah. Because people are going to say, you know, like, well, I can't afford all this stuff. Like, how am I supposed to buy the best like version of everything? Because I couldn't. You know what yeah, I mean? No. I couldn't afford to buy like at that level. But I think it's important if you're involved in an industry to support that industry. Yeah. I just, you know what I'm saying? I'm totally with you. I and there are there are options within every industry. So there are, and I'm sorry, I'm like at a rant here. I'm just like that's not a rant. I mean, this like, is something. This is food for thought for people. It's food for thought for people. To where, let's say you you take a tamper that's 100. Like we sell tampers that are 165 bucks. Right. I think it's totally worth it because the kind of person that wants that is a gearhead who takes pride in ownership of what they want and they can contribute to companies that make those awesome for the industry. Right. Let's say you don't have that kind of money. Great. Perk Tamp. Yeah. Still supporting someone in the specialty coffee industry. 45 bucks. 30 or to 40 bucks. Yeah. You're done. You have something that's got thought behind it and you know where the money is going. And I think people are tapping into that. Like just, you know, a little bit more. So there, there's options. There's options to roll. And let's say you can't afford. I don't what know. What's her name? In, Oh, sorry. Jared's I'm pulling Google. up Google. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm pulling up because I'm. I was just about to shame somebody. They stole. <laughs> they stole. Um. Uh. What's her face's tamper? Shoot. I'm blank. I'm blanking on her name. Oh, she, someone got a big step stolen or something. Yeah. And I'm just gonna publicly shame whomever stole that from our girl in Saint Diego. But. I'm just hoping that it wasn't another barista. And it was it's just, another barista. I know. So she's starting to that's, figure it all out. And well, that's what I'm like. That's where my head goes. Obviously, it's another barista because who the fuck else would want to tamper? But it just, it's just... Christy. So, that's what it is. It's so sad that you would steal another barista's tamper. So here's the deal, though, team. If whoever returns that tamper to her gets a used Pullman tamper for themselves from us. That's just how it's going down. I already put it on the internet. I've Sick. committed to it. So... If you return it to her, that means maybe you steal it from the person who stole it from her and return it. You will get yourself a used big step tamper from Cat and Cloud. Maybe pull it together and be that vigilante because now that you've just got a reward, you have a, there's a bounty. There's a bounty. We have officially hired a bounty hunter. Damn. Have you ever hired a bounty hunter from a podcast? Not this kind. Anyway, don't, don't steal that stuff. But she is one of those people who invested in two things. She invested in something that she wanted, gearhead-wise, but she specifically invested in one branded by us because she believes in what we're doing. One of her former employees is Kristen, who works for us. Kristen Leonard, who works in the roastery. Akasha, the killer. Baller. <laughs> straight shot caller. So she has doubly supported not only us, but what you're saying, something she believes in. 
and then somebody steals from her because they're not willing to do it themselves or whatever, or it has a, an agenda against Christy. I don't really care. You took somebody's tamper they spent hella money on that was customized for her, and it was white, and we don't have any more white ones, so we can't replace it. I just don't understand that mindset. And also, why would you steal a tamper? Where would you be able to use it without everybody knowing? It's why got a freaking you? Cat and Cloud brand on it. That's fucked up. Unless they're using it as a B-plug. You should bring it back <laughs> in. Bring it back in and be like, it was me. I stole it. I'm sorry. And, and then get the I, tamper from us. I learned my lesson. We'll give you the tamper, and we'll give you a shout-out for being a human being that learned a lesson. Do you want to learn a lesson Do you today? want to learn a lesson? <laughs> Do you love me? Could you learn to love me? Could you learn... Could you learn to love me? To love me? Freaking everybody in their stuff. Yeah, it's like when skateboarders steal other people's skateboards. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you, you don't even want that. You want your skateboard. Fuck it's off. your yeah. skateboard. Like, it's used for you. <laughs> I don't anyway, know, man. I'm I, with you. I just... Uh, uh, so all. wait, how, how can people, from our perspective, in the most simple way, decide from our... Like I said, from our perspective, what brands do I support and why? Oh, I mean... In, in the most general sense... So for me, one of the things is who are the people that work there that are not only the owners that are influencing the culture or the community around said business? So for me, that's even more important than the owners because every team member is an extension of the ownership and the company. So how they carry themselves is actually more influential for me in supporting a company than the owners themselves, unless I'm old friends with the owners. Right. I mean, that's just a company with good culture. Right. Or good training around... Good representation. Good culture. Yeah. Or, and maybe it's authentic for me, too. So it's not yeah. like somebody yeah. who's... Or if it is in a place like Manresa, the, the, the restaurant, it is because they're trained and so professional and so on and so forth. But something to do with how you carry yourself in regards to that business... Outside of it. Like, how do you talk mm. about it? How do you live it? How do you, what are you actually saying when people aren't around? Right. The values of not the people work. that make up that company, yes. whether they're at work or not. Yes. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Because I see people all the time at companies that are majorly respected outside of that business that I'm like, oh, you're not that way at work. Yeah. You're hitting on a certain level of authenticity. Yeah. And finding people who are just doing it for the money and literally putting on just like a false show yeah, or just accentuating. So that's one of the things for me. That's chill. Pay attention to how these human beings are outside of work. Character, I guess is really what you're hitting at. Just like my barista competition. Character. (laughs) Six flavors. I'm going to enunciate it. Character. Characta. Character. But what's another thing that you potentially look at? My, for you. Oh, for me? Yeah. For me, it's it's authenticity, like, all the way. And I keep... I'm going to open up my computer because I keep hitting on this this thing. Open up the Caputadora. So, humidity, I've probably talked about them before. They're a skate shop in New Orleans. They're in the quarter. They're awesome. Like, if you look at... It's hard to address skate culture as a whole, but... If you look at their website, you know where people have like a, a cart or a contact form or whatever? So where their contact form says, it's got the little box and it just, it just says, holla at your boy. That's sick. And you can put in your number. And when you add stuff to your cart, 
Let me add these shorts to my cart. Your cart, instead of saying cart, it says shit. <laughs> so it's just it's like, all personality. It's like, how much shit do you have? Right. Well, I got so much shit right I have now. Three shits in I here. I got like all, Look all, at them these, shits. all these fucking things going in there. Oh, that's amazing. And it's just the, the descriptions for the products that they have online to where, you know, some people are like, oh, this is a blah, 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 blah. And they really just, they're like, new hot shit for summer. You look sick as fuck in this. Like, yeah. Stuff like that. And I just love that they are who they are. Kitschy, fun in and themselves. Like, like, because of that, they're going to appeal to like a super specific audience, which right. just happens to be me. Yep. And like, if you get that, it's 100% for you. Yeah. And at the same time, like, there's a lot of people who won't get it. It's like way right. too edgy. And for me, that's refreshing in an era where everyone is trying to be like the most popular thing on mm. earth because there's so much of this pressure to be like, I'm a social media mogul. Like the more followers, the better. Like right. we're basing like how, how we value ourselves on the number of fucking people who follow us on social media. And it's just like, I would rather have someone who's just like really in tune with what I'm doing. Right. Even if it's like a less number of people. Yeah. That speaks to me. Like yeah, this, this I t-shirt for the product description has big timers lyrics. Super funny. Super Sick. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's Dude, that I authenticity. Totally, so I resonate with that. And I just have this interesting, like internal dialogue a lot of the time where I get frustrated that the world as a whole, especially the coffee industry right now is just looking to kind of almost like, box everybody or almost get everybody to do the same things so which they've kind of done in the past too but it's it's a little bit heightened now more so than ever and i just still am not the type of person to say one way is better than another way different than stylistic and so on and so forth so for instance like i put up the post about how we were once you know made to be out a certain way and how our team's really awesome and how I'm proud of them. And one person was like, well, you kind of do have like a bro vibe to your culture. And I'm like, I think what you mean is we have like a surfer skatery California vibe and I'm a male. So that's easy to call bro. Great. We can agree to disagree, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, if we are kind of a surfy skatey edge to a brand, that's okay if it doesn't resonate with you. It doesn't have to be bad because it's... And, and you don't have to throw a word that's, say, broy. That's kind of like a buzzword that throws everybody in the same bucket. Call it surf. Call it whatever. Everybody's got a different style. And I think that's good, and I think that's okay. I 100% agree with you. I mean, when five different people say bro, they're talking about five different things. Totally. There's, there's different kinds of bros, and there's difference between, like, a Santa Cruz bro versus, like the bro culture that a lot of people talk about yeah. and are throwing shame at, it's like a completely different thing. Because that's frat versus surf. And even that, there's a point bro in Santa Cruz, there's a point which bro. is a bad problem. There's literally a point bro, and that's not a good bro. No. But there's a ton <laughs> of good bros out there, too. And I'm, I'm right on there with you. It's like we have this industry that prides itself on celebrating diversity. So and inclusion. And inclusion. So let's celebrate those things. Yeah. Let's say, like, yeah, we have... A surfy, skatey vibe. Look at where we are. This is who we are. We're in Santa Cruz, California, two blocks from the water. The culture of the whole town Every is driven human. by surf and yeah. skate. That's it's just, not Cat and Cloud judge, like driving the O'Neill brand here or any other surfers or skaters or mountain climbers or bikers or, you know. And that vibe isn't only, like, inclusive to, like, males who live here either. 
You know what I mean? It's basically the whole coast of the California. The whole town participates in this whatever you want to call it. And I don't want to call it bro because now that has a negative connotation. Right. And what we're talking about has no negative connotation. It's California culture. We're just chill in dudes the most by the general beach, sense. dude. Yeah. In the most general sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that. And I, 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 think that that's, I think that's good because I don't... Okay, so like, there's another skate shop in LA called Lottie's, and yeah. I, I buy a lot of their stuff too. They're a local shop. Their aesthetic is so different. They're like, they're really their drawings look kind of gnarly. They almost have like a metal looking feel to them. It's, Bailey's it's just, vibe. It's just more raw. Yeah. yeah, like more just like almost more thrash punk. I don't want to like totally. characterize them or whatever. Right. But That's like the, the thing. I hate characterizing the, the too dude hard. That, the dude that owns the shop like does all their own artwork and everything's done in house. And again, I, I buy a lot of their stuff too because it's got this really authentic feel to it. I, I know who I'm supporting. I know where it comes from. So these two skate shops that I resonate both with, they have like completely different vibes to them, but they're both contributing to like, the diversity in the skate culture. Right. Even though they're both in skate, they're, t- they're totally different. And I think that's great. Like how shitty would it be if we were all the same? That would <laughs> fucking suck so hard. And it's social media provides a platform, but it also really hurts a lot of those things. Even if you take something as base level as just aesthetic. Yeah. You could take five, six, 10, 20, rack them up, dude. However many people's Instagrams on coffee, switch the posts around. You would never know the difference because they're, everyone's looking the same. Everyone's talking about the same things. Everyone's right. doing the same shit. And it's like when people stand out, like that's fucking rad. Like, yeah, I don't want to go to the same restaurant every day. We don't. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I want my life to be interesting and I fucking love characters, dude. Like I want to meet people that are different than me. Right. I want to meet people that have different perspectives than me. Sure. I have my own perspectives, but I'm not stupid enough to think that everybody needs to fucking live like me. No, I agree. Like I want to know about other people. Like I want to know about other people's culture. Like I want to go to places that believe different stuff than we do. Yeah. And, (laughs) and if like, totally. And like (laughs) how in the world are we ever going to learn to grow and, and have communication and conversation around things that are different than us? If, if all everybody in the world does is internet shame, anything that's potentially wrong. Or, like, finds a way for something to be wrong. Because it's pretty easy to find a reason for everything to be wrong if you want to. Totally. So, I, be over, let's get over that. I just want to, like, call to action that and just, like, let us all be different and try to find, like, the heart of what's going on in these people's worlds. I'm, like, right back into skateboarding again because that's the world that I live in. But yeah, dude, a, he'll flip it. There's a skateboarding podcast called The Nine Club where they interview skateboarders and talk about skate stuff. And one of the co-hosts on the show said something about BMX riders. Right. And he's like, oh, BMX riders, they're like chunking up my ledges and they're like fucking up our skate spots and just kind of throwing a little bit of shade. Right. Unbeknownst to the show, they had a huge audience that BMXed and like a bunch of people wrote in like, dude, why are you fucking spraying hate on BMXers? Like Kelly's talking all this shit. Like, what's the deal? And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I had no idea I was doing that. And they like invited. There's like a pro BMX dude on the show, just the latest episode. And they were just like talking about their different cultures and how they're actually like, even though they have different perspectives, they're really more similar than they are different. Right. And like both parties can coexist in this awesome, meaningful way. Right. And it's not me versus you. It's like, Hey, we're different and that's great. Right. And like, we, we have a lot of overlap, but we are also interesting and it's like, there's no hate that needs to be happening. So for me, it's yeah. In like, in a 
not the same vein, but just in the idea of being able to learn, right? And to ask questions and things. It's always weird. The way I think about gathering information, you go to sources. Right. Right? Credible sources, yeah. Credible sources. So, for instance, trying to learn about uh, being a white male and privilege, I would, if I were to be like logical in my mind, talk to somebody who's not white at all to learn about perspectives. So something will happen sometimes online, which I've just started, I've been kind of forced to be afraid of it now with the exception of a few people who will engage in a positive way to ask questions. And then a bunch of white people jump in and start like hating on the other white person for asking questions and start telling you to ask more white people questions. And I'm like, isn't that the same thing that you're telling me not to do in a general sense? You're trying to step in for another race. And I'm like, I get the idea of wanting to be protective, but how am I going to learn from you who has no real experience in this versus the person who has the actual experience? And how is it going to ever be okay to fail at asking the questions appropriately if somebody's not willing to positively educate you back? So if you're putting yourself out there and a bunch of white people hate on you, it's weird to me when it could be just like the person who you maybe accidentally offended in your question could say, Hey, this is offensive because of this. Do you understand? And they could be like, sick. I just learned from somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about for real. And it's, it's just, this is how my brain works. Yeah. This stuff. And I know there's caveats and I know there's going to be tons of opportunity to educate me forever and anybody on this stuff, but that's how my brain works. And I have the hardest time understanding why there's so much fighting going on on the internet in general, which I've stayed out of now. I just fully stay out of it because I'm afraid to get involved because it just paints. It's easy to get painted in the worst way possible. And you can't explain it away ever because it just looks like you're being defensive. So it's just like a conversation piece that I want to maybe also call out in like, how can it be safe to talk with somebody of an opposite race knowing that your motivations are positive in learning with the grace to know that you're going to fuck up in the way you ask questions because you grew up with this different world. This, yeah, that's, and that's a whole maybe episode to talk to. And maybe we should bring in some cool people to talk about that. I think it'd be cool to have like a really diverse panel of people to talk about that stuff. My initial reaction is that, and it's not a solution or anything that because of the way, because of how heavily charged conversation can get. Right. It's probably best at this point to not do it in a public space. Right. At least for the first interaction. So where if you have a question about something super specific is to find a person who you can like one-on-one with, even if it's through a DM. Yeah. Because then you can avoid the the noise of people attacking certain people just because, and then, then it, that'll create even more noise because then like someone will stick up for them and then someone will stick up for you and then you and then no everybody's actually, fighting then everybody's fighting yep like Every, they always do hashtag everyone's mad all the time everyone's mad all the time that's <laughs> my favorite <laughs> hashtag but like going going direct is probably a way to mitigate some of that yeah for sure you know and i know you've been talking to a lot of people so you've developed a few people who are just like kind of key trusted sources who you feel comfortable with yeah and i've started to just kind of just ask if there was a way for me to connect with people in general to just like, Hey, if can I connect with you sometime to ask you re- weird questions? Yeah. So then we could get advocates both ways instead of it being so easily, it's just easy to misconstrue everything on the internet. And it, unfortunately that's everybody's main source of 
conversation and connectivity these days. Yeah, and I, I think up. it is fucked up. I I really love talking to people in person. Reclaim conversation. It's my I, book right now. Yeah, you should reclaim conversation. Everybody should reclaim conversation. It just there's people around you all the time, and probably people. It's, it's going to be much easier for you to engage in a face to face conversation and settle that, dude. Me and Charles this morning. <laughs> so funny. We were fucking like total. Okay, this is crazy. We work together every day. We've known each other for years. We have a business together, and we're fucking going back and forth, completely misunderstanding, misunderstanding each other on said topic. And both of us are kind of like, dude, what the fuck? And it took us revisiting the same conversation twice in the same two-hour meeting to come to a conclusion. Yeah. And we're right. Imagine if that was online. Oh, it'd be like we 24 like, hours. Go fuck and yourself. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it looks like my advocates from over here and my friends from over here are going to tell him to fuck off. And then his friends are going to tell me to fuck off. And communication this- is challenging, man. And it's, it's, it's super challenging because you don't know. I guess, I don't know. You got to be able to sit in it. You got to be able to sit in it. And uh, my, what I try to do on the internet is my number one rule is just like, always assume that people have good intentions. So I'll always assume Holla. that if, if someone says something that I think is shitty about me, I'm just saying like, maybe they actually aren't attacking me. I'm just going to, from the beginning, just think the best of them. And maybe it came out that they are attacking me. Right. And that's different. But it's like, I feel like a lot of people go to like full negative right yeah. away. And maybe it's a protection thing, but everybody, I think everybody's more, you know, self-conscious than they've ever been in their lives probably at this point. And I think it has to do with the internet and just reading this reclaiming conversation book. It's pretty, there's actually some legit science behind all that stuff, but, uh, turns out the best way to actually heal yourself is to practice with all ferocity conversation, including not picking up or like derailing your time in that conversation when it goes quiet and still and feels boring and awkward. Like one of the most important things you can do is like not, not run away. Just sit there and be quiet until something else keeps comes up. It's really interesting. I was reading some other stuff that talked about, uh, you know, how we're is phone addiction or phone, whatever yeah, you want to talk about of, it. Yeah. And basically the ability to kind of sit with yourself yeah. and do these exercises to where it's like, okay, I'm standing in line waiting for groceries. I check my phone. Maybe you don't. Yeah. And building those try not pathways to. to be like, it's okay to be with your own thoughts. Even if there's dissonance in those thoughts, yep. even if you feel uncomfortable or you don't feel good or whatever that day, you don't always need an escape. You need to sit with that shit. Your aha moments and your genius moments typically will come in the times when you feel bored or you feel uncomfortable. There's so, neural, there's neural things. Anyway, we should, we should, yeah, that's, that's enough for today. We've that's, just, we've done a lot of stuff today. We've done a lot of stuff. We just covered a lot of things. Basically ask us anything because we know everything. <laughs> this is basically We're here for Reddit. you. <laughs> AMA, dude. <laughs> it's whatever, you know, if you got a problem, we'll solve it. Mm, ice, ice, baby. Too cold. Uh, 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 uh. Ninjas, ice, ice, baby. <laughs> Too cold. Too cold. Bye. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. 
The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the Brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a Brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the Brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.